Every time a new Total War game comes out, I jump into it, hoping to have some fun, and every single time I am left feeling disappointed. And sadly, folks, Total War Saga Troy is no different. Hi everyone, it's Mark here, bringing you my review of Total War Saga Troy. And if you like my style of reviews, then please do hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any. For those of you unfamiliar with the Total War series, they are games of military conquest and battling. Split between a campaign side of the game where you build up your empire and raise armies and a 3D battle side of the game where you control the units on the battlefield. As you might expect from the name, Troy is set in the Greek and Trojan Wars of Homer's Iliad, with all the heroes and villains mentioned therein. It tries to strike a balance between historically accurate Bronze Age warfare and heroes and monsters of myth and legend of the time, and the gods as well, of course. But in the case of the monsters, these are actually just units of soldiers themed on monsters like centaurs are just big hairy ass barbarians on horseback. Personally, I don't really feel like it pulls off this balance terribly well, but we'll get more into that later. You get to play as one of several Greek or Trojan heroes in charge of your own faction. And the objective is, of course, to make sure your faction is the most powerful at the end of the game and to make sure that your side wins the war, of course. You can either do this through outright military conquest and wipe everyone else off the face of the map. You can forge alliances and join factions together in a big amalgamation. Or you can complete a set of faction-specific missions for your hero and become a legend of the ancient times. Now, before we get into my likes and dislikes, let's talk a little bit about the graphics and sounds. And I really don't feel like there's anything spectacular here. Everything does feel functional. I feel like the developers have really focused on the maps, in particular of the settlements. When you have a fight in a city or a smaller settlement, those do look good. There's some great rocks and some really nice lakes and some, some effects. The terrain does look good. It looks like, for the most part, it does look like rocky, dry, ancient Greece or ancient Turkey. However, I don't feel like they have focused enough on some of the units. Yes, when you zoom right in, a few of the units do look really good. But when you see them in battle, the, the animations don't look right. And the animations don't connect. When one of your soldiers swings a sword or a two-handed axe or whatever, it just passes through its target. It doesn't connect. There's no feeling of weight. And I don't feel like this was done very well. And as for the sound, again, there's nothing that really stood out for me here either. There's lots of sounds of battle and things going on, but the narrator they've picked sounds like he's missing his two front teeth. So every time he utters any word with the letter S in it, it comes out as shh. So you're going to hear a lot of the times he's saying your units have shited the enemy in battle. Enemy reinforcements have been shited. Now you must fight on two fronts. It sounds like Sean Connery. Now let's talk about some of the good stuff that I liked about Total War Saga Troy, and this isn't going to take very long, unfortunately. All right, so something they put in was that different factions have their own goals and mechanics. I think this was actually quite well done, and it really does give you the feeling of the individual heroes of the Greek and Trojan Wars trying to do their own bit and gain their own glory, not necessarily in line with the rest of their side's war goals. So I played as Aeneas, and his particular faction had to gain the favour of the gods, and he could actually speak to dead heroes who'd been killed throughout the game. There was a big penalty for speaking to these, but there was also some benefits, so you had to weigh it up whether it was worth it. If you play as Achilles, your goal is to go around the map giving the beat down to other heroes to prove to the world that you are the greatest warrior of the time. And if you were to play as the brothers Paris or Hector, then you have to prove to your father Priam that you are more worthy than your other brother. I quite like it. It does add a little bit of flavor and it does seem to fit in well with the stories. 
It also adds replayability to the game because you can play through as another faction and experience things a little bit differently. Something else that I like that they've added into this series is resources. You have to now manage resources. There's food, gold, bronze, stone, and wood. Different settlements produce different resources, and they're required for building and creating different things within your empire. And I like it, because for the first time, I think, in a total war game, you now have to think strategically about the resources on the map and which areas you want to conquer, which you want to hold on to, because those zones might be producing the richest resources in the area. Gold, for example, has a limited finite amount, and you want to control some of that and deny it to your enemies. So you actually plan your conquests around the resources you are going to gain from them. And sometimes conquering a certain area might seem like an attractive proposition, but it's not actually going to provide you with the extra resources you're going to need to then garrison it and look after it. And the final thing that I liked about Total War Saga Troy was they've added these mythical warriors in. You know, we mentioned at the start about centaurs and sirens and harpies, but in fact, these aren't monsters. They are, in fact, units of soldiers, male or female, uh, just themed on that particular mythical creature like the centaurs are just uh, barbarian cavalry looking things and the harpies are some female javelin throwers all with some quite special abilities and you have to build particular special buildings in certain locations to be able to recruit them okay onto the bad stuff then and by the gods there is a lot i'll try and break this down into things i didn't like about the campaign and then things i didn't like about the battles as well but let's start off with this there is no multiplayer in the game as of yet it should have been in launch it's been in all the previous total war titles as far as i can remember it this game is based on one of the total war warhammer engines which i'm pretty sure had multiplayer so i don't know why this wasn't available at launch but apparently it is coming so be very aware of that if you're thinking of buying it okay so let's let's get into the campaign um this is where you build armies and buildings and manage your empire let's start off with the buildings each settlement only has a limited number of buildings it can produce there's a limited number of building slots the major settlements in each province area you can build more and that's where you're going to build the ones that really produce the better quality soldiers and then the smaller settlements only have three maximum after you've upgraded the area and you're going to need to use those for producing the resources but here's the thing so many damn buildings in this they bring a positive but they also bring a negative for example the smaller settlements they have really poor garrisons and you can't put extra garrison troops in there unless you build a couple of military buildings that just increase the garrison with some shitty troops the the trouble here is that building those garrison buildings also gives you a negative to happiness and a negative to something else. And it also reduces the fact that you can no longer build resource producing buildings in those zones. But not only that, the buildings in the capital, there's lots of things you can create, but they'll add things like negative influence, negative happiness and loads of other penalties. I, I don't want to feel like I'm screwing myself over all the time. I know the developers want to give you meaningful choices of what to build, but you already have to make that decision by having very limited building slots. So giving the, the remainder penalties why? Why do that? It sucks. Okay, and while we're on the subject of resources, the army upkeep was something that really got on my nerves here. Uh, you see, you have to produce enough food in particular, but also bronze and sometimes gold to maintain the units in the field. 
and I played on hard difficulty, which may have had a slight penalty to this, but I'm an experienced Total War player, and I found it really hard to afford the upkeep of my armies, especially as the Empire got bigger. You see, you can have two armies running around being led by heroes, and if you go beyond that, every single extra army increases the upkeep of all your armies exponentially. It goes up. It gets very expensive. So even if you create a third hero and put no troops in him, so he's just by himself, that counts as a third army. And that means that your previous two armies now cost a percentage more in upkeep. And as your empire gets bigger, this is a huge problem. I found that I couldn't have enough armies in the field to protect my entire empire or be where I wanted. It was just impossible. I couldn't afford the upkeep no matter how much I focused on producing resources. In fact, I couldn't afford a single garrison building in any of my resource-producing settlements. They had to be maximum resources, otherwise I just couldn't do it. The game is designed to be a little bit like this, to make you trade with the other factions. There's trade in there so you can get food and other stuff for what you want and trade what you don't need. But by God, this was a constant, constant problem, and I just could not recruit enough armies to go and enjoy field battles. It was something that really detracted from the game for me. And leading these armies, you're going to have little petulant child heroes leading them. the heroes you recruit who become your generals they all have penalties and bonuses to their motivation depends on their actions and their traits so for example one general might have if you leave him in a friendly territory over the end of the turn he'll gain motivation but if you go and raid something with him he'll lose motivation okay so something like that which are direct opposites you can manage but when you recruit your heroes and you have a limited pool to recruit from, they have so many damn penalties that it is just absolutely impossible to get one that you can please all the time. Like you can have one that just refuses to stay in friendly territory without getting upset. But you need to defend your own territories. You can't afford dozens and dozens of armies with different leaders and different traits because of the army upkeep reason I mentioned before. So you get one that wants to go warmongering abroad but then gets upset when he gets reinforcements from one of the other armies come and help him fight out. He wants to win everything alone. You just can't win with it. And you go through the entire list of heroes trying to pick the one with the least shit penalties. Where's the fun in that? It, it's just absolute rubbish. You can't just afford to have an army designed just for purely aggressive things that gets upset when you leave them behind because you can't afford that many armies. You need to bring him back to defend it sometimes. I absolutely hate this. I hated this with a passion. And they, they just they just killed the idea of having epic generals leading armies for me with this. It was just no fun. Which leads me, and these are all related, trust me, into another problem I had with the campaign. It was like playing whack-a-mole. You know the game at the fair where you have to beat the mole that pops up out of the hole and there's loads of them and you don't know where the next one's going to come up from? Well, because you can only have a limited number of armies because of all the reasons I've just mentioned, you can't defend everywhere your whole territory. It's too hard. And enemy armies... The entire factions just come across the sea and anywhere can be invaded. And I've already mentioned that you can't afford to build massive garrisons everywhere because that reduces your resources available. So you end up running around with the two armies that you can barely afford to keep in the field 
and you have to you often have to fight with them together because the enemy especially on hard and above gets a big bonus to their production and, and upkeep costs so you move them around together which means you leave another part of your empire undefended so you go and defeat one threat in the north or conquer one territory in the north and meet and then you have to run all the way down south to to put down a rebellion or to fight off an enemy faction there which means you've left the north empty again you can't afford all these extra armies remember that you want to defend everywhere you just can't do it so then you run around all around your empire just hitting enemy armies beating them up hitting the rebellions putting that right trying to conquer the odd province and it's just all the time whack-a-mole where's the next thing going to come up where do i have to move my armies to and i'm going to continue on this theme of having not enough armies when it comes to recruitment you can only recruit what's locally available in the province that your army is in so if you've got military buildings built up in your capital, you kind of want to recruit there to get the better quality swordsman stuff. And when you get on the edges of the empire, you might be recruiting local trashy units, which are fine. That's absolutely fine. And it wouldn't be as much of a problem if you could afford to have an extra spare hero who just went running around your home provinces, recruiting new units for you and then bringing them to the front. But remember... As soon as you get an extra hero, that counts as an entire extra army and whacks up the upkeep cost of your existing field armies that might be full of units. And you just can't afford to do that. So you can't even have like a spare hero running around recruiting locally to bring reinforcements to the front. That would make sense, right? And if you've got armies at the front, they can only recruit with what's available locally. Now, I remember in Warhammer 1, I'm pretty sure that there was an empire-wide recruitment option. So you could recruit troops from all the way back, uh, wherever you wanted in the entire empire, but they would take maybe an extra couple of turns to arrive, depending on where you were. I might be misremembering that, but I'm sure that was a feature. Uh, that sucked as well. And it takes a long time to get from one end of the map to the other. And while you're doing that, you're not defending the bit you just left undefended. And that gets taken and then you run back and we're back to playing whack-a-mole. So you can see I have a few issues with the campaign system. Now, something that's related to that, but there's also, we're getting into the battles now. Uh, there's too many settlement battles in this game and not enough big field battles. And this is a problem because, as I've said, you can't have armies everywhere defending. And also, you can't build the garrisons up in the smaller settlements without sacrificing resource production. So you end up, a lot of the time, enemies coming to sack and take over and raise your minor settlements. So in between big field battles, you might end up fighting 10 to 20 of these small settlement battles. And by God, are they repetitive. At first, they're pretty fun. The maps are nice. It's nicely drawn. You can try and draw the enemy into attacking down corridors in streets and try and ambush them. Some nice ideas there. But by the time I had played 100 turns of this, I was sick to my back teeth of playing damn settlement battles. They're all the damn same. They're all identical. Well, the map's different, but the way you play them becomes identical. You're always outnumbered, so you always end up trying to camp at the back down some street with some missile troops behind your main line and try and win. It gives you a better chance of winning, but by God, is that boring. And as I said, you can't afford to build the garrison buildings here that would give you a better quality garrison because then you're not producing the resources, which is a whole purpose for owning that minor settlement. It's a bit different with the big major settlements and the siege battles. That's different, but you get loads of these minor settlement battles and they are boring as hell after a while. So let's also talk about the battles proper. Now, I mentioned right at the start in the graphics that the animations in this weren't that great. They're just 
not being done properly. If I went back to Rome 1, I think the animations were better back then. And that's an old game with rough looking graphics. But when one of your soldiers struck forward with his spear, it looked like it was striking his opponent's shield and you saw his opponent react. Not so in this, as the swings and attacks of your soldiers just pass completely through the enemy altogether. There's just no contact. It looks it looks rubbish. It, I mean, it really does look rubbish. You can surround an enemy general and you see your axe-wielding warriors swinging away and completely missing or hitting thin air. It just... It, Speaking of generals, they are often... or they feel like they're unkillable. And I know this is supposed to be the age of heroes and it is trying to get that balance between historical Bronze Age fighting and this, this, this fantasy age of legends and myths. But some of the generals just feel unkillable. You can't even run them down before they get off the battlefield if you're winning a fight. Uh, you can surround them with units of axemen and they're all hacking away and apparently missing. And the enemy can fight his way out or kill them all and stuff. And you just think, really? Is this, is this really what I want from a game like this? It feels very much like the Warhammer engine that it's based on and the unkillable lords that you used to get in that. Battles, by the way, are generally just a massive confused mess. There doesn't seem to be the same importance that there is on holding battle lines as there was in earlier Total War games. And I mean much earlier Total War games, where flanks and rear attacks were often the end of things. If you got charged in the side or rear, your troops were just like, nope, we're going home, that's it, we're done, we're obviously losing this, and go. And you would try to form and maintain solid battle lines both you and the enemy nah not in this this is just a confused mass melee mess mob that's all it is it just as things charging everywhere running around everywhere if you get charged in the flank or rear doesn't seem to make any difference um, me playing on hard it did give the enemy some artificially boosted morale but they wouldn't even break when I was completely surrounded units and charge them in the flank or rear. It was, it was just crazy. And you're trying to run all over the battlefield to sort out each individual mob and mess. It just doesn't seem to look right. There's no point in having formations to the troops at all. The formations of the troops, by the way, are completely pointless because uh, there's, there's no real weight to them. There's no contact. There's no force and oomph when two units meet and clash. Uh, units can run through one another. Routers, routing troops, can run through stack after stack after stack of your formed troops trying to kill them and just get out the other side. It's, it's stupid. It, it looks ridiculous and it feels altogether wrong. There's just no thought gone into that. I'm sure that's been a problem in more recent Total War games as well, but there's absolutely no reason for it. Now let's talk a little bit about missile troops in this. Uh, when I think of ancient Greek Trojan battles and legendary warfare of the Bronze Age, I don't think about hordes and hordes of missile fire. I think about soldiers standing in line with big bronze shields and spears and slugging it out. Well, in this, it feels like missile power can often be the king of the battlefield. I'm talking mostly about slingers here. Uh, slingers are extremely powerful. They have excellent range and against most ordinary troops they are lethal and tons of ammunition if you come across an army that's that's half made up of slingers and you're just uh, mostly spearmen you're dead <laughs> that, that's it and in in siege battles especially in minor settlement battles they feel completely overpowered i don't like it at all it, it feels like there's far too much emphasis on missile troops in this uh, there's even some archers and things which i'm sure archery in the bronze age wasn't as good uh, as it is represented in this there's also a problem with the skirmish mode of some of the troops javelin men 
they have such little range that your skirmish mode, if it is turned on, will often result in your troops turning and running before they've even thrown one volley of javelins. Yes, the skirmish range mode toggle seems to be longer than the range of their own javelins, making them practically useless in most situations. Other problems come up with the skirmish mode as well, where they'll run away from one target whilst directly into another. Uh, not necessarily in the opposite direction either. They'll run across the face of an enemy army rather than directly away from whatever is chasing them. Uh, it's just a pain in the backside, and I absolutely hate managing the skirmish mode. I don't really enjoy the whole missile troop experience, if I'm quite honest. Yes, there are problems with both the campaign and the battles in Total War Saga Troy, and overall, it is just not a pleasing experience. I've got to say, I got bored of the game extremely quickly, thanks to the frustration of not being able to raise enough armies. We didn't get enough field battles because we couldn't have enough armies. The field battles probably slightly more fun than most other parts of the game especially when you get a decent army and good units together but we just couldn't have enough of them we couldn't raise enough armies we ended up fighting all these damn small minor settlement battles which got dull really fast the whack-a-mole system that the whole frustrating thing with the heroes no i just didn't enjoy it so overall i cannot recommend total war saga troy and i would give it a rather dismal five out of ten I'm sorry, folks, it's just not a game that I enjoyed. If you want to play a Total War game, I would recommend going back and playing something like Rome 1, Medieval 2. Those, in my opinion, were good Total War games. I even thought Britannia was better than this, and Britannia was beset with problems as well. So it feels very much to me like the developers rushed this one out to try and fill a window in the franchise's release schedule and try to give you a lot of meaningful decisions with consequences, but in doing so, made the game no fun at all. They forgot to put the fun into their game.